Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Everybody and welcome to the 2023 Alaska Watch Halloween edition special episode. Yeah. So today, uh, and sorry about the ambiance. I am recording this during the day, as you can probably see out my sunny window here. For those of you watching the video portion of this, uh, it just it just worked out that way. I wanted to record it uh, at night and. Uh, some things, scheduled things happened and got delayed and pushed around. So here we are uh, in the middle of the day recording a, a Halloween episode. I uh, wasn't really sure what to do this year. I, I, I've kind of been toying around with some ideas for what to do. Um, you know, I've said, I think probably since the, the beginning, since I started uh, doing Alaska Watch and since I started doing especially the Halloween episodes, I always said I wanted to uh, do a ghost hunt, like go to a haunted location in Alaska and do a ghost hunt. And uh, basically every year I'm like, I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it this year. And the, you know, the window for, if I'm going to do it, I actually need to do it either in September or the beginning of October. And the window always uh, passes me by to where I can like feel comfortable trying to get it in. Uh, But next year I've, put i've put contingency plans in place to basically light a fire under me and and get me to do that uh to find a a venue which i have a place in mind uh but we'll see if they're if they're keen on it uh to go in and maybe do a ghost hunt uh we'll see uh i'm thinking about trying to get some other people involved uh we'll see how it goes uh it it just kind of depends on uh how, how the venue uh, responds and who's interested, who can make it, scheduling and stuff like that. But uh, next year is going to be the year. You guys are going to, you guys are going to like see me look for ghosts, I guess. So we'll see. It'll, it'll be a little bit different. It'll be uh, out of my comfort zone, I guess. Not that I guess I'm in- entirely comfortable looking for Bigfoot, but you know what I'm saying. So it'll be a, a new experience. I'll try some new things. Uh, maybe I can get some new equipment or borrow some equipment from from some ghost hunters we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes but um that's what i want to do for the next halloween special and maybe if i tell you guys i'm going to do it maybe that will be an extra layer of uh motivation for me like i said i've already put some things in motion where like i'm supposed to be reminded around the time that i need to do it to do it so we'll see uh, this episode, it's a little bit more laid back, a little bit more personal. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, three of the scariest Bigfoot, Alaska Bigfoot encounters that uh, I have come across uh, in my research or, or found in, in my uh, perusal of Alaskan Bigfoot encounters. And uh, then at the end of the episode, uh, you know, I've got a little... I've got a little treat for you, or a trick, I guess, depending on how you think, feel about it. Uh, we're going to play a game. 
And so it's going to be a, a Bigfoot trivia game. And you can either play it by yourself, along with me, or if you want to wait and play along with your friends or maybe use it for a game at a Halloween party or something like that, uh, I would let you know before we get into it. And you can uh, either play along or you can pause it and pick it up if you're in a party setting. And uh, it's real simple. Uh, you just maybe need uh, something to jot down some answers to. Uh, I'll give some questions and then <clears throat> I'll give you a chance to, uh, to to pause the game and then we'll we'll uh, go through and we'll answer the questions. Uh, it's 10 questions and then I threw in an extra one uh, for a tiebreaker because there is an even number of questions. So we'll do that. Um, other than that, I hope everybody has a, a safe and happy Halloween. You know, Halloween's on a Tuesday this year, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, I guess all the Halloween parties and stuff are probably going to go on this weekend. Hopefully this will be out before the, the Halloween weekend. I'm going to try. I'm trying. I'm going to try to get it out. And um, yeah, what else is going on? Other than, you know, we've been watching, uh, watching our scary movies. Uh, you know, we have our movie night usually uh, every weekend. And we've been watching some scary movies. Uh, I watched a new, to me, uh, movie the other day on Hulu called, uh, oh, what's it called? No One Can Save You. And I don't know. I think I've talked about it in, in other Halloween spe specials. I don't think I've really talked about it on on the like show proper before. But uh, you know, aliens are, are kind of my one of my bugaboos. I don't I don't like aliens. I don't like the the grays, the communion type aliens. Um, you know, I had a very visceral reaction to to seeing the the cover of the book the first time. Uh, the movie uh, scared the hell out of me. And I was scared of E.T. too when I was a kid. I think we mentioned that before. So uh, I knew that this was gonna, this movie was gonna freak me out, and uh, it did. It was definitely pretty scary. Uh, but then, you know, spoilers. I, well, I'm not gonna spoil it, but I'll give you my impressions of the ending. Uh, did not care for the ending at all. I, I felt like. It, it could have went, they didn't necessarily have taken a different direction, but they could have ended it slightly differently and uh, made a much better movie, in my opinion. Some of you might have loved it the way it ended. Uh, for me, uh, not not a big fan of the ending. Um, I understand how it ended and why it ended the way it did, but I, uh, I would have done it just a little different. So, yeah. Um, otherwise, though, it was a brilliant movie i thought it was amazing um i i didn't realize from the trailers but there's like there there's not really it's almost a silent movie there's hardly any words spoken at all and the words that are spoken are kind of uh you know in the moment you know like she's you know like the protagonist is trying to get in her car and she's like oh shit hurry up you know come on and you you know you can't really even hear it the only reason i even knew words were spoken uh is because they showed up uh on the subtitles because I watch uh, a lot of movies with subtitles. Uh, I think I just keep the setting on. I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. It doesn't detract. I know some people just find it very distracting. Uh, but yeah. Um, check it out. Uh, let me know what you think about the ending. Because uh, it just, uh, just fell flat for me. I don't know. It was almost like a... I, I've said this... Uh, I'm going to offend somebody with this. I said, um, Stephen King. Amazing writer. Great writer. 
until it comes to endings. The guy cannot stick a landing to say, at least not in any of his new, now the books he wrote when he was on drugs are excellent, <laughs> but um, most of his modern books, uh, they'll start out good, have a good um, middle, and then toward the end, it, it just, I don't know. I, I haven't read one of his books in a long time, uh, just kind of because of that. So I know, I know there's some hardcore, probably Stephen King fans that are like, you're out of your mind. He's brilliant. And uh, I don't disagree that he's brilliant, but <clears throat> the guy really, uh, in my opinion, just uh, hasn't really had a, a, a satisfying ending in a long time in a book. It's just, it just seems like he kind of kind of runs out of steam. I don't know if he's just, I know he's kind of a slow writer. I don't know if he just writes till he's up against the deadline and just, uh, this will work. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, Halloween time is here. Uh, I want to talk about some scary Alaska specific, uh, Bigfoot encounters. And I kind of, you know, I went back and I was thinking about some of the ones I'd heard about trying to decide which ones to, to spotlight here. And these are kind of the three that came to mind. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go over them real quick and discuss kind of why I feel they're scary. Uh, some of them may to you just sound like typical Bigfoot encounters. Uh, but this one I think is, uh, it's an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, I actually, the, the version that I'm, uh, reading from is uh david weatherly's uh monsters of the last frontier if you remember i actually had him on here to talk about this not long after it was published uh it's a collection of uh monsters and myths and legends from alaska so it's a very good book uh, very comprehensive uh, and this is the story of the glacial demon which i guess it's probably up for debate whether it's a Bigfoot or not. Uh, we don't really know what it is. I think in some accounts it's been uh, maybe uh, hinted toward that this is just uh, some type of uh, feral human or a person. So this story, which is believed to be true because it comes from uh, an army captain from the uh, 2nd U.S. Infantry, who was sent up to Alaska during the, the gold rush. And he, uh, he got to Valdez in uh, 1899. And he was talking to some of the miners in, in the town there. And he, you know, he describes them, which, you know, it's typical, you know, the army sends you places you don't want to go. I think he probably didn't want to go. He gets here and he sees all these miners there in pitiful shape they they you know, they've suffered from scurvy uh they're not getting proper nutrition they're dehydrated they're just having a, they're having a hard time uh and if you look into the history of the gold rush and you know all the all the stuff that went on in the, like the klondike era yukon uh it's some fascinating fascinating history but uh he gets uh, captain amber Crombie gets there he starts talking to these guys and uh, he mentions in his writing, uh, he calls them, let me see if I can find the wording here. He doesn't call them deranged. He calls them, um, oh no, he does. He says more or less mentally deranged. And a lot of that is uh, from the story that he hears about this glacial demon. So these 
these and, these, and keep in mind, these are miners that got came up here for the gold rush, you know. So they've seen some stuff. Like they had to get up here without planes, you know, without trains. They've walked the gold rush. You know, they basically come up here with wagons, horses, whatever else they could get a hold of. Maybe if they're lucky, they're lucky some of them got up here on boats. But so these are hardy men. Um, and they're telling Captain Amber Crombie about this demon. And this one gentleman who he calls a Swede, which I assume he means is Swedish, uh, he said, Heardy, heardy, heardy. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> he said, <clears throat> Okay. He said uh, that him and his son were traveling. Uh, up this glacier, I assume they were going to look for gold. They were looking for a claim. I don't know if they actually had a claim or they were trying to find one. And the son, I guess, is is pulling this sled. The The father is behind. I don't know if it's like a dog sled type uh, apparatus. It, it's not really explained. But the son is in ahead. He's pulling. The father's behind. He's pushing the sled and this, the state, the wind's blowing. The weather's bad. It's basically a storm, and this thing, this glacial demon, uh, comes out of the the mist, the the, the blowing snow, and pounces on the sun. And I guess the, the the weather conditions were so bad, the father couldn't even see what was going on. He just hears his son like yelling for help, just. A few feet ahead, I guess, and, and at the head of this sled, uh, the father runs around, uh, finds he finds this thing uh, on his son, uh, I guess, trying to with his hands around his throat. So whatever it was, apparently had at, at least uh, hands. Uh, you know, most bears don't try to, to strangle uh, their their prey, so it, it makes me think that this is not some type of uh, a bear. And so the father, who Amber Crombie describes as a strapping man, you know, like, which I assume back in the day that was code for like, you know, he's swole, you know, he's built. Uh, Captain Amber Crombie says that uh, the Swede and the son, they, they, they fight this creature off, they get it off of him, and he, he, it runs off, it retreats into the, the blowing snow. Uh, they pick themselves up, you know, the, the son picks himself up, you know, <laughs> you know, he's, oh God, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, let's get out of here. So they hook the sled back up to the sun and they take off and they travel a little bit more, uh, a little further and it comes back. The, this glacial demon comes back, uh, pounces on the sun again. Uh, I don't know. It was fascinated with the sun. Maybe. Uh, it had something to do with the size. Uh, like I said, you know, he referred to the, the, the Swede, the father, the older gentleman, as strapping. Uh, maybe the son w was not as big, so therefore uh, was not seen as such a, as much of a threat to the glacial demon. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but this time, uh, despite the father's best efforts, uh, this thing strangles his son. Uh, I think the, the father is eventually able to, to run it off to get it out of there. Uh, he throws his son's body on the sled and they, I guess they give up their trek and head back to town. 
Uh, again, Captain Amber Crombie is like, these people are crazy. You know, there's no way that happened. I don't believe it. Uh, and all the fellow prospectors uh, are like, no, it, it happened. You know, we've we've seen the, this demon. We know that he's up there. And, you know, they, they confirmed the Swede story. I know there's been some, I guess, speculation that the, the Swede uh, killed his own son in a fit of rage or he was mad at him. Uh, but, uh, who knows, you know, it, it's when you have those kind of, uh, collaborating witnesses who maybe they didn't witness what happened, but they've seen this thing in the past. Um, you know, it, it, it's possible or maybe, you know, he did kill his son and he just had a convenient patsy in this, uh, this glacial demon. So that's my first scary Bigfoot encounter. Uh, and the reason, again, you know, it's an oldie, but a goodie. The reason I say it's scary is because it actually results in death. Uh, there's not enough description of the demon for me to confidently place it in the Bigfoot category. So if someone said, uh, you know, do you know of an account where a Bigfoot like murdered a person? Um, I don't know if I would include that one in there just because it is so ambiguous. Uh, it could be another minor that's, you know, gone mad, that's gone uh, to nature, uh, is a Wendigo type situation where he's just trying to kill somebody to take their supplies or even eat them. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty creepy uh, when you think about it, when you're, you're traveling along uh, you're already putting up with the elements, which are uh, one of the major challenges here. And now you got to contend with with this thing, whatever it is. And then for it to actually, you know, take a life, let alone the life of uh, a family member or, or your son. And uh, then you've got to make the trek by yourself uh, back to town. I can only imagine uh, what type of fear uh, that, that would put, put somebody in. Uh, quite terrifying if you think about it and uh i'm kind of surprised there hasn't been some kind of a, a movie or at least a, a series or something uh, about that um about some uh gold rush era miners uh running into uh, you know the unknown uh creatures in in the in the mountains but uh, that was our first story uh i hope you thought it was kind of creepy and uh I'm going to take a little break here, and when we come back, I'm going to get into our second story for the 2023 Alaska Watch Halloween Special. All right, we're back. So, uh, sorry, I'm going to take little breaks now and and get a sip of, of a drink. Um, I've always, like, drank my, my soda, or actually Arge Rockstar, while I was recording, but I'm, I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to wean myself off of that. And uh, be a little bit more professional, I guess. So, took a little break, and I'll take another one when I'm done with this uh, story. Uh, this one comes from Brushes with Bigfoot from J. Robert Alley. He is the author of Renko Sasquatch as well, if you're familiar with that book. Um, I recommend uh, you pick this one up as well. Uh, and this story is called A Scary Night on the... Stikin, I'm not sure if it's Stikin or Stikine, S-T-I-K-I-N-E, River. Um, 
I guess I should have looked that up to how, I don't know if I could have found out how to pronounce it or not. Uh, and gentle, uh, these two gentlemen, uh, this took place in 1985, and there were two gentlemen who uh, were going to go hunting. Uh, this is south, south, southeast Alaska. And they were going to go hunting, and they loaded up uh, their little boat, like a little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a, a just a, a little boat, not, not a big boat. It has a little outboard motor on it, like a little skiff. And they head out to uh, this place where they're going to go hunt. Well, they have uh, a mishap, and the gentleman operating the, the boat, he uh, messes up the, the prop. Uh, the, the, the motor ends up, it's, it's unusable. They can't use the motor. They don't have any paddles, which I don't know why you wouldn't have paddles in a boat like that. I just, it boggles my mind. But anyway, they didn't. I guess it was the 80s. Things probably, you know, no seat belts, kids standing up in cars, riding in the back of trucks, stuff like that. I guess it was more of a, eh, you know, <laughs> if we die, we die. It'll be fine. And so they're, they're just drifting. Uh, and they managed to, using their arms, uh, they managed to paddle uh, to a nearby island called Dry Island. And they get there. It's starting to get dark. Uh, they, they secure the boat. And they set up this little uh, tarp tent that they have, which being 85, I can only imagine it was probably, it was probably, <laughs> it was probably terrible. It was probably barely keeping out water. Uh, they set up this tent, they start a fire and they're just kind of sitting around, uh, you know, ruining the day. Just, Oh God, you know, and it, if you've ever had a bad day, you know, fishing or hunting where you had, you broke something or, or something bad happened, you, you kind of know where they're coming from. And, uh, by this time it's dark, they're sitting around the fire, they're eating their sandwiches that they had. And one of they're give they're giving each other a hard time, and the the one guy um, says something to to the guy that was driving the boat, like you know, why did you have to do that? Why did you have to back up like that and hit that rock? Uh, why did you have to do that? And I guess they sit there in silence for a few more minutes, and they hear out in the darkness uh, past the firelight, they hear. Uh, this deep voice be like, why did you have to do that? And they kind of look at each other and they're like, you know, did you hear that? That wasn't an echo. And he's like, no, that was like two minutes ago. I said that there's no way that's an echo. So they look in the direction where they heard this, this mimicking coming from. And uh, they see a pair of red eyes and then they see another pair of red eyes and then they see another pair of red eyes. So they end up seeing like seven pairs of red eyes standing off in the distance and of course, you know, they get freaked out, obviously. Uh, not only is there something watching them outside the, the light of the fire, uh, apparently whatever it is, you know, it, it mimicked uh, one of the members of the party there. Uh, so obviously they're pretty disturbed. And one of the gentlemen is urging the other, like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot, you know, shoot them. And... I'm not sure exactly which gentleman was which, but uh, one of them had, I guess, a cooler head and was like, no, you know, we don't want to shoot this. We don't know what it is. Uh, we probably shouldn't be be firing at it. Uh, and I guess they, they have a little stare down, stand off there for a little bit. Finally, one of them, I'm not sure if it was the one, that, probably the one that refused to shoot them, 
finally fires a shot uh, over the eyes, um, like a warning shot. And then I believe he ends up firing two shots. And the eyes, they said that the eyes uh, either blinked out or turned away. He said, but none of the eyes went down. Like It was not like an animal, like a bear or a, a canine or something. Uh, you know how when they stand up, they have to, they'll set down and then wander off. And he said, none of the eyes ever went down. They never lowered. Uh, they either blinked or they turned. They like blinked and then they were gone or they turned and were gone. But none of them like went down and disappeared. And he said it freaked them out so bad that they, they didn't sleep uh, the night that night and they never uh, left the light of the fire. Uh, and if they needed uh, fire or needed fuel for the fire, they would get it from just like in that. They would only go as far as they absolutely had to to get it. And one would like cover the other one, you know, with a rifle while he was getting the, the firewood. Uh, freaked, freaked him out pretty bad, uh, understandably. And I, I like that, that story because uh, it, it's got the reason why I picked it for my scariest uh, Bigfoot encounters in Alaska it's just because it's it's such an Alaskan story where you have these guys, they're on a boat, they're in the middle of nowhere, uh, shit goes down, you know, it's 85, they don't have satellite phones, uh, probably the, the best case scenario they could have had, like a VHF radio. Uh, they can't get any, I mean, you got to be your own first responder, you've got to be your own rescue, in charge of your own rescue. Uh, they get themselves over to Dry Island. You know, they're already having just, they're already having a bad day. And then that happens. Uh, they, they, they hear something off in the distance. It's, it's mimicking them. And then, you know, here they are. They're no escape. They can't get out of there, especially not at night. And they've just kind of got to circle the wagons and hope that nothing comes out of the darkness and, and, and tries to do them harm. And then you've got the the mimicking that is is creepy on a whole nother level. Um, reminds me of like the predator, uh, where you you would hear somebody in the movie say something, and then you hear the predator, you know, like mimicking it in the background. Like I think it was in the part two where he's like, "Want some candy or something?" Where the little kid asks him if he wants candy, and it's just uh, very unsettling, and it makes you wonder like, what's the purpose of that? Is it just Oh, that's a funny, that's a funny noise or sound coming out of that thing. I want to see if I can make it too, or is it trying to lure them over there? Like, I'm just going to do what they do and maybe they'll come over here thinking it's another person. So it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty creepy when you think about it in that regard. It's, uh, some unsettling, uh, behavior to say the least. Uh, luckily those guys, they, they did, uh, you know, stick by the fire. They didn't go wandering off. Uh, it makes you wonder what, what would have happened maybe if they had gone to investigate or even fired uh, at the at the eyes like the one gentleman wanted to. Uh, how would that encounter have ended? Um, they did seem to, to disperse at the sound of the gunfire. So maybe that means uh, they, they could have been harmed by the gunfire. Who knows? But uh, I, I think that's that's a pretty creepy uh, encounter. Uh, it's something that I 
you know, we, we can't control when or, or how that encounter is going to happen if you ever have one. Uh, but that's definitely not what I want to experience. I don't want to be sitting around, even if I have the means to escape, I don't want to be sitting around the campfire and saying something and then hearing what I just said mimicked like outside the, the firelight. That just sounds so creepy and it doesn't sound fun at all. It doesn't sound like something I want to happen. But uh, yeah, that's my second uh, scary Alaska Bigfoot encounter. And uh, I'm going to take another quick break. I'm going to wet my palate, cleanse my palate here. And I'm going to come back with our third and final scary Bigfoot story for the 2023 Alaska Watch Halloween special. All right, so we are back with the third and final scary Alaska Bigfoot encounter for the Alaska Watch Halloween special here. Uh, this one does not come from a book. This one actually comes from a newspaper called the Delta Discovery. Uh, this is an article I'm sure you can find uh, for yourself. Uh, the Delta Discovery actually has uh, a hairy man section uh, in, in, in the paper or on the online where you can read some of these stories. Uh, this was published uh, July 18th, 2018. Uh, it's called Bigfoot Follows Women During Night Ride. It's written by K.J. Lincoln. Uh, it's kind of, and I wanted to throw in a note here. There's like a little uh, creepy uh, illustration here that goes with it. It looks like it's uh, kind of hand-drawn. Uh, but then under the, uh, the the heading, or not the heading, but the uh, caption, it says illustration by AI. And this was in 2018. I didn't realize they were doing... AI illustrations in 2018. I thought that was a relatively new thing. I don't know. I am uh, I, I am out of touch. So this story uh, it comes from uh, I believe she's she's anonymous. Uh, they just kind of refer to her as the lady. And this ha occurred back in the 1990s. It doesn't say exactly when. Uh, this woman is from Bethel. And in the 90s, her and her younger sister, they were traveling from Snow Machine uh, to Bethel from one of the villages on the outskirts of, of, of Bethel, uh, which I understand there's, there's a few. Uh, the sister was driving the Snow Machine, and the witness or the, the lady who's telling the story was riding on the back of the sled, uh, or in the back in the sled. It says in the sled, so I don't know if the Snow Machine was pulling a sled. Or if she was riding on the back of the snow machine. Because people call snow machines sleds, sleds up here. So I don't know if that means she was riding like tandem on the back of the snow machine. Or if the snow machine was pulling a sled. Uh, it says it was night. I'm going to read this one a little bit more verbatim than I did the other ones. Uh, just because it's, it's such a good account. Uh, it says it was nighttime. The moon was full and bright. Illuminating the frozen tundra. Stars shone in the sky. And there was not a cloud in sight. Uh, the lady riding in the sled had been wearing glasses, but took them off because they kept fogging up. I know that pain for sure. Uh, uh, they were about halfway to Bethel, and then her sister stopped the snow machine and said, Look. And she looked in the same direction as her sister and saw somebody uh, waving their arms from a distance away. Uh, she thought maybe it might have been her brother. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, so she tells the, the driver of the of the uh, snow machine, they should go over there. And the sister said, no, you should put your glasses on and take another look. 
So she puts her glasses on and she says, I saw, um, there's, there's some native phrases in this, in the story. Uh, I'm not even going to try with that one. It's, it's a phrase I've not heard, but this is a large, tall person like creature, uh, which I assume is, is their name for, for Bigfoot. Um, So it says her heart flooded with pain of fright and shock. Uh, she tells her sister, you know, go, go, go. So the the sister, you know, hits the, she hits the gas and they take off. And the lady in the, maybe she wasn't a sled. She says she was so creeped out that she got uh, some of the rope from the sled, that was tied to the sled and wraps it around her wrist, securing herself to it just in case. So, She's already thinking, like, this thing is going to come get me. Um, so they said the creature was less than half a mile away, and they could see clearly in the moonlight. And as there, uh, she said it was plain to see it was uh, a Bigfoot. It was very large. It was running at the same speed as our snow machine, even when we were going fast. It stayed with us. Uh, she said it seemed to be twice her feet, about 10 feet tall. Uh, that seems a bit tall for me. That's about the the max, I, I would say. Uh, that's got to be uh, the max they would probably get. Anything more than that. I've heard like these stories of giants and stuff that are like 15 feet tall. I don't really I don't know that I buy into those. But 10 feet tall is, is on the top range, I would think, for one of these things. That would actually probably be like... Um, very rare, like our somebody like Shaq or somebody to us. <clears throat> so it said when we went downhill, it followed us. It was running, and when we would go up, it would go up too. But on the climb up, it was gone. She said the Bigfoot-like giant had run with them for about ten to fifteen minutes before disappearing a rise in the tundra. At that point, sister wanted to stop for some reason, but the sister in the sled urged her to keep going. Uh, when they got to Bethel, they went to the sister's home. And the older sister told the younger sister that they should keep it to themselves and not tell anybody. Uh, she said, don't talk about it or people will think we're crazy. They won't believe us. Uh, it said, and then out of the blue, after that night, people were saying that there was a sighting of a Bigfoot. She said it was even on the radio and everyone was talking about Bigfoot. My sister and I looked at each other and we thought no one would believe, she recalled laughing. Looking back to that night, the creature had posed no threat. She said it was only following them, but running but running parallel on a parallel path it had run at a pace and distance. It was impossible for a human. If I had heard it from somebody else, I would doubt it very much. She said, but now I believe in them and I'm glad we are not the only ones to have seen it. And that's the story from the Delta discovery. Um, I like that story. And again, like one of the reasons why I picked that one, uh, it has a lot of, elements almost from the last story where you have someone in a remote location uh there's two people and they see something and they're freaked out uh the this the thing that bothers me about this one and i don't see bothers like makes me skeptical of it but bothers me as in like actually disturbs me is that it was waving its hands and and why would it why would it do that uh is that is that something that's seen because you know when you're out somewhere and you see somebody, you know, and, and you wave your hand. Hey, look at me. Can you see me? Uh, that's that's a 
you're either wanting them to know you're there or you're trying to get their attention so they will come to you. Like, hey, I'm over here. Come over here with me, too. So it makes me wonder if that's if that's something that it had seen maybe hunters or, or other people out do and think, if I wave my arms, they're going to come closer. Is that some kind of a, a attracting, you know, some kind of a luring technique? And uh, much like the, the mimicking, is it, is it like that? Uh, and then there, you have the... The, the portion of the story where the sister wants to stop and the one that driving the snow machine, she wants to stop and the other sister like, no, 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 we got to keep going. And if you listen to enough podcasts or stories about uh, paranormal stuff, you, you always hear about what's called like paranormal apathy. And it's where somebody will see or experience something like really crazy. Like they'll see... Uh, a Bigfoot or a UFO or a ghost or just something crazy. And they're just kind of like, huh, yeah, that's the thing. I'm going to go to bed now. And they just ignore it and go on about their day or just do whatever they were doing. And it makes me wonder almost if it wasn't some form of that where she's just like, okay, uh, we saw a Bigfoot. Uh, I guess I'm going to stop and, you know, I want to stop and have some coffee or something now. Or, you know, I want to eat my sandwich. Not like we got to get the hell out of here because that thing could still be out there. So it's very scary, especially if you think about it. Um, it sounds like maybe they were unarmed. It doesn't sound like they had any weapons. Uh, and then the, the one sister was actually uh, grabbing the rope and, and lashing herself to the, uh, the sled, uh, you know, because she didn't say it outright in the story. But, you, you know, we all know uh that especially the natives that the, you know the bigfoot have a reputation for for trying to take people uh i i'm not sure if it's the same story or not see I, this is the story that i found but i was thinking there was another story where there were two women on a snow machine and there was a bigfoot that was chasing him and it was actually very close like they were looking behind them and it was reaching for them uh but this is the story i found instead so i don't know if i am misremembering this story or if there's another story out there where somebody was actually chased uh by a bigfoot and it was much closer it sounded like in, in that story uh and it was actually like reaching out for them trying to uh to snatch one of them off the machine so i once i found this story i kind of stopped looking because i was like oh this must be it but uh Maybe there's another telling of the story and it's a little bit more uh, dramatized. I, I don't know. But yeah, uh, that was it. Those are my my three scariest Alaska Bigfoot encounters. Uh, they all kind of have, you know, similar themes. Uh, you know, people out in the middle of nowhere uh, being, being besieged and, and there's no escape. And that's one of the things about Alaska. A lot of times there's, there's no escape. Uh, if you're lucky, maybe you have a snow machine or a boat. Uh, but, uh, sometimes, you know, that's just not enough to get out of, uh, out of the woods or, or the, the bush or wherever you're at. And you're pretty much at the nature or the, at the mercy of nature or, or whatever, uh, you're being besieged by. So there, there's a lot of scary stuff in Alaska, you know, take Bigfoot out of the equation <laughs> and, and there's a lot of scary stuff out here. Um, just the other day, uh, we were taking the dogs for a walk. And there had been some uh, some uh, work going on in the right of way. They they came in and, and re 
redone a gas line that had been put installed a few years ago. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to keep an eye. And it was all, it rained. It was all muddy. They cleared all this right away out. They clean, cleaned out all these trees and cut them down and moved them out. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to keep an eye on that right away because I want, if there's any bear tracks that show up in there, I want to cast one. Well, we were out uh, a few days ago and I was, you know, keeping an eye on that right away, looking for bear tracks, didn't see anything, didn't see anything. And we walked past, we walked down the, the road to this, it's a dirt road, walked down to where we always turn around. We turned around, we were walking back on the way back. I looked down and on the road, I see bear tracks. And part of me was like, did I, did, did we see, you know, like, were those here when we came by the first time? Because we did walk kind of down the road, around the corner, and then back. So I was a little put off because I was like, were those there when we came through here the first time? And I still don't really have a, a I'm assuming they were, but I still don't know for sure if they were. Uh, it's entirely possible that we walked down that that road and the bear like crossed behind us um so yeah it, it's just you know there's there's plenty of things in alaska to be worried about besides bigfoot and when you add bigfoot into the equation uh, it just makes alaska a lot creepier so i hope you enjoyed these three stories uh let me know on the, the creep factor what you thought about them and um i'm going to take another little short break here and then when we get back, uh, we're going to play our, we're going to have our Halloween treat or trick, I guess, however you look at it. And we're going to play our Bigfoot trivia game for Halloween. So just stand by just a second for me. All right, we're back. Are you guys ready? So what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, if you want to, of course, you, don't, you certainly don't have to. You can just sit back and relax and listen. Uh, but if you want to play, uh, grab a piece of paper or open up the notes application on your phone and get ready to record your answers. Uh, if you're in a party, uh, setting, uh, get everybody ready, uh, with their, uh, piece of paper, pencil, pen, or their note application on their phone. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through here and I'm going to read 11 questions and then we're going to pause. I'm going to tell you guys to pause, collect your answers, uh, you know, do the old uh, grade school switcheroo thing, grade grade your partner's paper, whatever, however you want to do it, and then I'll give the answers. So if you're ready, go ahead and give it a pause. If you're not, if you're ready, we're going to get into it here. So these are the 2023 Alaska Watch Halloween episode Trivia questions. Number one, when was the PG film filmed? The Patterson-Gimlin film. When was the Patterson-Gimlin film filmed? And I'll let you be the guy, the judge, as to how detailed you want to get. Um, personally, I, I'll be happy if you get the year. But I also have the month and the day on here. So you be as nitpicky as you want to be. Number two, what year was Port Chatham abandoned? What year was Port Chatham abandoned? Number three, 
What network aired Finding Bigfoot? So what network was Finding Bigfoot on? Number four. What year were the Bossberg Cripplefoot tracks found? What year were the Bossberg Cripplefoot tracks found? Number five, who directed Bean's favorite Bigfoot movie, Exists? Number five is who directed the Bigfoot movie, Exists? Number six, what year did The Legend of Boggy Creek release? So what year did The Legend of Boggy Creek come out? Number seven, who wrote Raincoast Sasquatch? Who wrote Raincoast Sasquatch? That answer might actually be earlier in this episode. Number eight, what is the name of the research group founded by Matt Moneymaker? Again, what is the name of the research group Founded by Matt Moneymaker. And, you know, initials are fine. Or if you know what it stands for, that's fine too. Uh, number nine. What is the name of the first documentary released by Small Town Monsters? Again, that's what is the name of the first documentary released by Small Town Monsters? And number 10. This is the... Final question, but there's going to be a tiebreaker. Number 10 is what year did the force the what year did the first Port Chatham expedition occur? And that's what year did the first Port Chatham expedition occur? This is the expedition with Stephen Major. This is the first Bigfoot expedition. So don't get confused. This is I'm not asking for the the expedition with Nathaniel Portlock or anything like that. Not the 1700s. This is what year did the first Port Chatham Bigfoot expedition occur? And <clears throat> number 11, this is a tiebreaker because I noticed there's an even number of questions. I'm like, well, what if, you know, you get five and your opponent gets five? So this is the tiebreaker. What is the name of Cliff Barrickman's museum located in Boring, Oregon? What is the name of Cliff Barrickman's Museum located in Boring, Oregon. Do you like how I pronounce his name two different times? Or two different ways? I've heard it both ways. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you want to pause and collect your answers and swap them out, I'll give you a, little, a couple of seconds here. Okay. <clears throat> so here, are you guys ready for the answers? All right, so number one, the answer for when was the Patterson-Gimlin film filmed? The answer is October 20th, 1967. So we just we just had the anniversary just here the other day. So October 20th, 1967. Uh, number two, what year was Port Chatham abandoned? 1950. It was the last resident, the postmaster, he left in 1950. Question number three. 
what network aired Finding Bigfoot? This was, I think, a hard one. This is almost a trick question. So when Finding Bigfoot first aired, it was on Animal Planet, which I don't even know if it was around anymore. I don't think it is. Uh, I think they were absorbed into Discovery, maybe, but uh, and or, may, or maybe Travel Channel, but that blew my mind because I was like thinking like, oh, it's either Travel Channel or Discovery. It was Animal Planet. <clears throat> Number four, what year were the Bossberg Cripplefoot tracks found? That was in 1969, so a couple of years after the PG film. 1969. Uh, number five, who directed Exists? That was Eduardo Sanchez. He is a very talented director. Uh, Exists is probably my favorite Bigfoot movie that's not Legend of Boggy Creek. Uh, number six, speaking of Boggy Creek, what year did The Legend of Boggy Creek release? That would be 1972. 1972. I almost, I almost threw a trick question in here because I thought maybe instead of asking when the Legend of Boggy Creek came out, I'll ask when did the monster of Boggy Creek came or the Boggy Creek monster come out because that's the documentary that Small Town Monsters did, which came out in like 2015, 16, something like that. And I was like, oh, that'll that'll mess with some people. That'll get them. But I was like, no, we'll play it, we'll play it straight. So number seven, who wrote Raincoat Sasquatch? If you remember, I mentioned it earlier. J. Robert Alley, who also wrote Brushes with Bigfoot, where one of our stories came from tonight. Number eight, what is the name of the research group founded by Matt Moneymaker, BFRO? I think everybody should probably know that. <laughs> uh, number nine, what is the name of the first documentary released by small town monsters. And I thought I knew this off the top of my head. So, but I did do, I did look it up. Uh, that was the Minerva monster. If you remember that, I'm going to have to, uh, I've got it on, I think Blu-ray somewhere. I'm gonna have to go back and revisit that one. The very, the very first one. And number 10, <clears throat> this is our, technically our final question. What year did the first Port Chatham expedition occur? And again, I'm referring to when Stephen Major and myself went and filmed in search of the Port Chatham Harry Man. This is not um, asking about when Nathaniel Portlock like sailed through there. Uh, I don't even know if they know the exact dates of that, but uh, that was 2018. That's when we went out there for the first time. Uh, I had to make sure and position the camera a certain way because I have a sticker on my laptop there that's, uh, that's a, for the 2018 Port Chatham expedition. So I was like, well, I have to move that so they can't see it. So if you were neck and neck with one of your opponents, if you have five questions right and they have five questions right, or all 10 questions right, this is a bonus question, a tiebreaker. <clears throat> what is the name of Cliff Berkman's museum located in Boring, Oregon? And the answer is the North American Bigfoot Center. So, all right, congratulations to all of those who got all 11 questions right. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to how you did, how hard did you think those were? Uh, I kind of, I wanted, I wanted a little bit of mix in difficulty there. And of course you see, I kind of bounced around between movies and, and actual Bigfoot stuff or lore, I guess. 
Um, if you guys enjoyed that, let me know. We'll do some more stuff like that. I like, there's a couple podcasts I like listening to where they'll play games and, and do stuff like that. And, uh, if you guys really enjoy that, we'll, we'll do that and we'll get like, I'll get some guests on. We'll get like Alex Petikov on here or something and, and we'll, uh, we'll do some kind of Bigfoot trivia or something or nature trivia or something. We'll have, we'll have, uh, some a game night or something. But uh, I think I'm gonna, I might start doing something like that for all our holiday episodes. I especially like the ones where you can play along at home. So let me know how you did. Uh, throw your score in, in the comments there if you're watching this on, on YouTube. Uh, if you uh, follow us on social media, you know, throw your throw your score in the, uh, in the comments. Uh, let me know who won if you played uh, in a group or, or, or teams. Uh, let me know who, who beat who. And uh, I'll give you a little shout out, a little woohoo, congratulations online. Uh, my name is Beans Baxter. You can find me on most of the social media platforms. Uh, I'm on the Facebook at Alaska Watch Podcast, the Twitter, I'm sorry, the X at Alaska Watch Podcast. Uh, I have a TikTok uh, where it's, I'm on the YouTube. You can watch uh, me stare into the mic and, and read these questions. Uh, and you can go to alaskwatchpodcast.com and purchase some cool stuff like books, t-shirts, stickers, all that good stuff. So I will see you there, out there on the cyber web. And remember, guys, uh, be careful when you go out tricks or treating. Don't... Uh, don't fall for any tricks. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody, and good night. Mm-hmm.